I read online a few weeks ago that Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds was having to sell his Florida mansion. Burt Reynolds, Smokey and the Bandit, Burt Reynolds, Cannonball 1, Cannonball 2, Burt Reynolds. The Burt Reynolds with Sally Field, Burt Reynolds. How could that happen, Burt? I have this thing when I read about celebrities that are kind of losing stuff and money, I have this feeling you do the same thing. If that were me, I would never let that happen. It would, I would never do that. I would never, oh, I would, if I had two homes, if I had 10 billion dollars, I would never, never squander that kind of money. You know what's up with the post office, right? If you get your news from Jon Stewart, you know what's up with the post office. He had a segment this last week in which he basically said, well, if the post office is going to exist a year from now, it is going to require swift and certain action from Congress. <laughs> Use those stamps now. <laughs> the post office. I mean, I remember when I was 20, anybody who got a job in the post office, they were set for life. And if the post office is going to be solvent, it's going to have to shed some 200,000 jobs. How could they let that happen, right? How could they get there? I mean, if you and I were in charge, right, we wouldn't have run the post office into the ground, or so we think. If you're here today and you're a Democrat, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking... These stupid Republicans, if they would just get off their butts and let us tax the super rich, we could actually have some governmental income that could help some people that need to be helped. If you're here today and you're a Republican, you're saying to yourself, if only we could cut loose the welfare state. The government is not supposed to be doing all this stuff. We have too many taxes. Corporate America is being strangled. Job creators aren't able to create jobs. If you're here today and you're a libertarian, you're thinking, yeah, just get off my back, Uncle Sam, and let me live life, right? And for those of you that are on the Tea Party Express, I know you have the tri-corner hat at home and the, and the don't tread on me flag, okay? And you're thinking, if we could just get back to the Constitution, all would be well in America. And every single one of you think you're right, don't you? And if everybody else in America could just think the way you think, we could solve these problems. I mean, we could just knock it out of the park. Here's what I've concluded about Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds is not a dumb man. He's not. It's not that he's just stupid and has having to sell his Florida home. Nicolas Cage, right? He gave tens of millions of dollars to this guy who apparently blew it all. And so he had to sell four of his homes. I know you and I are thinking if I had four homes, I would give one away. <laughs> Not to the bank. I would just give it away. Okay. So I don't think Nicolas Cage was stupid. I don't think the post office is stupid. But see, when you and I from the outside are looking in on these people, we conclude, oh, they're just being stupid. Because if, if we were in that situation, why we wouldn't do those things, we wouldn't have gone there. It's, it's what psychologists call fundamental attribution error. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, but let me ask a question for those of you in the gym today. How many of you have made at least one, at least one stupid or silly money decision or money move? At least one. Okay. 
So that's pretty much 99% of the people in the gym. Right, we all have. So if you're here today and you're struggling with money, if you're here today and the bills are piling up, and when it's bill pay day, the kids outside of wherever bill paying is happening, they hear the explicatives, the sighs, the curses, curse you, chase, you know, and all the other things that go on, okay? Okay? If, if you're worried about retirement or you're worried about college or you're worried about simply having medical care that you can pay for, you're in, it's, it's, I've got good news. You're in good company. We all, everybody today, we all have made silly decisions and we're all worrying about these kind of things today. Uh, you want to know what's true about America? America's broke. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I'm sorry. If you're hearing this for the first time and this is news to you, America's broke. We're out of money. I mean, we're printing a lot of it, but we're kind of out of money. <laughs> and the more we print what we have, it devalues everything else. Okay, so we're broke. And, and, that, and the truth of the matter thing is, it's not just America, the country that's broke, like Americans are broke too. We're kind of all broke together. And so Dave Ramsey puts it this way. He says, most Americans are simply living paycheck to paycheck. They don't have savings. They're, they're spending at least 125% of what they're bringing in. For those of you that are good at math, that means you're spending more than you're bringing in on a monthly basis, okay? But if we're going to have an economic recovery, if we're going to cover our assets then it's going to have to start someplace that we're least likely to look. And that place is in the mirror. And in order to do that, I want to look at a passage that I never, 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 never thought had anything to do with money. And then I heard Andy Stanley speak on this passage about money, and I was like, what? Yes. So open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to be in, 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 the, in, in the don't judge passage. If you are a Christian, you've heard of this. If you're a non-Christian, you most certainly have heard of this. This is the most quoted scripture in the Bible among non-Christians. They don't even know John 3.16, but baby, they know Matthew 7.1. Okay? And here it starts off, Matthew 7.1, do not judge others. Okay, so non this is the one verse they all know. And you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Now, again, most people just assume this means don't judge, period. Stop right there. But the funny thing is, when you look at this word that's used, krinos, it's actually used a number of different ways in the New Testament alone. It means ordinary discernment, judging. I'm going to judge that I should not get a salad from this salad bar. Discernment right there. That's judging. You're judging that salad that's probably going to make you sick. Okay? It can mean judicial litigation. It can mean a pronouncement of guilt. It can mean a bestowal of reward. And yes, it can mean the absolute determination of one's personal fate either in heaven or hell. No refunds, exclusions, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so, but used here in Matthew 7... Um, it has to do with a condemning attitude that we tend to have toward other people, okay? So I want to wade into this, all right? Um, And here Jesus continues in verse 3. Why worry, he says, why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? This is just funny on the outset, right? Okay, so imagine if you have a log or a plank in your eye, it's sticking out, you know, (laughs) you're bumping into all kinds of things and you're like, Oh, dude, 
you still have a speck in there. Let me help you get that speck. And you're knocking everything. I mean, it's just ludicrous, the picture that he's painting. But I never saw the connection until, bless his heart, Andy did it out for me, okay? And he said, and Jesus continues, this is what Jesus says, how can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your own eye when you can't see past the log in your own? And then the word, hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye and then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. A hypocrite is somebody who condemns others for doing the very thing they do themselves, right? A hypocrite is someone who condemns others for not doing what they themselves won't do. That's a hypocrite. And so, in terms of money, when all of us in America are going, those bombs in Washington, we ought to throw them out, mismanaging our country's finances. Those bankers with those bombs, we ought to throw them out. There's a fundamental attribution error playing out, right? Because according to the data, Americans, when they were saving money, they were saving about 1%. Evangelical Christians, according to the data, when they give and they're giving generously, it's about 2%, right? Okay, so there's, uh, psychologists have this word and they call it fundamental attribution error. And this is the way it works. If you, Rachel, for example, if you were late for class one day and I were to judge you for it, right? No, I know you would never do that. Okay, so Fundamental attribution error works this way. It would be like, oh, that Rachel, she's so obsessed about how she looks and da-da-da, and she can't ever be on time anywhere. You know, it's just, and she has to have the makeup just so, and it has to be just right, and I'm judging you. And and the reason you're not late is because you just don't have your act together. But then I'm late for class, and you know what I'm saying? Oh, my gosh, my alarm. You know, it was terrible. The alarm didn't go off the way it was supposed to. And then, then you know, if you don't hit those lights right in Nicholasville, you can't, it's impossible because of the bus traffic. See, there are all these reasons why I was late, why she shouldn't be late, right? And, and that's fundamental attribution error. We do that when, we're, when we have that condemning attitude, that condemning spirit in us. Um, and again, Jesus calls that hypocrisy. I, I love to tell this story about a man who did this to his wife, and I told this a couple of years ago. So for those of you that are, that are new, you can just enjoy this. A woman is frying her husband some eggs, and he says to her, butter. Butter, butter, put butter in. Ah, look out, you're going to burn it. You're burning. The egg is burning. Burning, burning, burning. Turn it, turn it, turn it, turn it, turn it, turn it. Finally, she can't take it anymore. And she's like, I'm sorry. I wasn't aware that I needed your help to make eggs. And why are you yelling at me? And he says, honey, 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 honey. I'm just helping you the way you help me when I'm driving. I know some of you are tempted right now to go, honey, listen to pastor. He speaketh the word of God. <laughs> Don't give in to that temptation. <laughs> you want to sleep with her or him tonight. <laughs> okay? okay? So, you know, we, we do this when we do the thing where, man, I wish Dave were here to hear this message. He so needs to hear what the pastor is talking about this morning. Or, oh, if only Erica could be here to hear the message today. This is like where she's at. Remember, it's kind of fundamental attribution error that's going along. And so when you and I are criticizing others so hard for something, there's usually a connection and a corresponding issue in our own hearts. And that, I think, is what Jesus is, is fleshing out in this passage. And so 
uh, Andy Stanley puts it this way. He says, when something about you bothers me, I need to take a look at me before I yell at you. When something about you bothers me, I need to take a look at me before I, I come bother or pester you about it. Um, and so here's what I would put a stake in the ground for for us at Generations. Economic recovery, economic recovery begins with me. It begins with us. Covering your assets begins with us, begins with you, begins with me. We don't need to worry about Washington. We don't need to worry about the banks and all this other stuff. It starts with us looking in the mirror and adjusting what we're doing according to what God tells us his plans are for money and stuff. And it's a better way to live. Here's some questions in light of this passage, in light of Matthew 7, in light of the fact that we can sometimes be really grumpy at people for the same issue that we're struggling with on our own. Let me ask some questions as it relates to finances and vis-a-vis -vis the lens of this, this, this passage. Are, are you undisciplined in your money? If you're not saving at least 10%, you're probably undisciplined. Oh, ouch, I know. If you're paying for stuff that you don't even remember what it is, there might be some discipline issues. Here's another question. Have you lived or are you living beyond your means? Um, are you greedy? I know most of us say, no, I'm not greedy. Does 98% of what's placed in your hands get used for you? Right? And see, here's where the fundamental attribution error goes out. We will look at Bill Gates or somebody like that, and if they were to only to give away 2%, of their net worth, we would look at them and we would judge him for that, wouldn't we? We would say, quit being so stingy, Bill. It's a fundamental attribution error. Um, here's one. Are you paying your taxes? Did you file last year? Should you file? I love this. I, I go to Sam's and I check out and because I have a church card, when I'm going out into the line, I do this. I hold it back like this in a big aggregated fashion and I say, this is a personal purchase. I want you to charge me tax. And then I hand it to him like this. I've now have had three different people at Sam's say some version of this speech to me. You know, I'm so glad you did that because I can't tell you how many pastors come through here and they're buying, I see what they're buying and there's no way it has anything to do with church use. But I don't say anything because it's not my job to do that. And then I always volunteer and say, well, I'll give you my number and the next time you can call me and I could be here in five minutes and then <laughs> me and the Holy Spirit, I think we could get them to change. <laughs> I'm close. There's one of them and he's got black hair. He's close to asking for my number. <laughs> okay? So here's the thing. If... Everybody in our country right now, everybody's mad at Washington, everybody's mad at the banks, everybody's mad at Congress, so throw the bums out, and, and, and maybe you've thought, well, you know, you gave the banks, how many, a trillion dollars? Where's my bailout? Let's not look outside, let's look in the mirror, and let's look at our hearts. And over the next several weeks, I want to talk about some very practical things that you and I can do that would actually start an economic recovery in your life, that would start and put you and me on steps towards something that is just a better way to live. Here's a, here's a, here's a goal and here's a, here's a what if scenario right here. What if Christians in America gave away at least 10% of their income, doesn't matter where, saved 10% of their income and simply lived on the remaining 80%? Do you think our friends and neighbors would be envious of us? 
do you think, can you imagine the peace and security of having, when the fridge goes on the fritz, having money in the bank account, and you go, no problem, I have an emergency fund. Can you imagine the joy and the privilege of being able to give away and help people when they're in need? It's really cool. It is. It's an awesome feeling you get on the inside. This is where I believe God wants us to go as a people and as evangelicals in in the nation. And I, for one, am grateful for Dave Ramsey last month saying to pastors, hey, get your butts in gear and let's all do this together and let's lead the way in the United States and show Americans what it's like to manage money well.